0: Hey, Tech fans, this is Bailey Angle, the in-venue host of Virginia Tech Athletics. When I'm not playing games with fans on Hokie Vision, I actually work full-time with the Hokie Club. Now, did you know that Triumph Together is coming up on August 23rd through the 25th, which are Virginia Tech Athletics' biggest giving days of the year? You can sign up to be an ambassador for Triumph and encourage your
1: friends to give. The top ambassadors with the most referrals can win exclusive prizes, like indoor club seats at lane or even sideline passes for Enter Sandman. Head on over to HokieClub.com to learn more more about Triumph Together and find out how you can sign up to be an ambassador today. What's up, Pokies? I'm recording this on Thursday, August 11th, but you may be listening to this on Friday. If so, happy Friday. If you're listening to it during the weekend, I hope you're having a great weekend. And if you're listening to it a little bit later on a Monday or Tuesday, I hope you have a great week or whenever it may be. We are the Sons of Saturday. My name is Billy Ray Mitchell. And with Grayson Wimbish and Pat Finn, we are the Sons of Saturday. We have a really awesome episode here for you today with David Wilson, one of the absolute best to ever do it in the maroon and orange. But first, we have a couple of announcements for you. I want to thank Bailey Angle for the announcement at the beginning. First and foremost, this podcast is brought to you by Main Street Pharmacy located right in Main Street in Blacksburg, Virginia. You are more than a number, you are a neighbor. Whether it's prescription medication, over-the-counter medication, or even just looking for a couple of items that you need in the house, you need to refill your cabinet, you need to refill your cupboard or that little mirror thing that you have in the bathroom to make sure that you're staying fresh and clean then head on over to Main Street Pharmacy located right on Main Street in Blacksburg. Couple of updates for you. First and foremost, a couple days back, we had an article that went out from Chris Himes. This was about the Virginia Tech case in conference realignment. So it is a financial look at where Virginia Tech stands as a standalone and how we compare to other members in the Big Ten, the SEC, or conferences that are not the Big Ten or the SEC. Rob Trimber also wrote a film breakdown from Grant Wells during his time at Marshall. A fantastic job by Rob who is one of a few awesome, awesome new members that we have onboarded onto Sons of Saturday that will be working with us in a bunch of different capacities. So can't wait to roll that out to you. And then the last announcement that we have for you is Sons of Saturday recently partnered with Roback. Yes, you may be familiar with them. If you heard about them on Pardon My Take, they make extremely comfortable golf polos, hoodies, pants, um, just absolutely incredible uh, performance wear is the buzzword, performance wear. Whether it's a night out on the town, a day on the links, or even a trip back to Blacksburg, they have some fantastic designs and quality that is absolutely unmatched. And they're located right in Virginia, so who doesn't want to support Virginia business? Head on over to Roback.com, that is R-H-O-B-A-C-K.com, and use promo code SONSVT, all cap, S-O-N-S vt for 20 percent off of your first order with roback i promise you you will not be let down i am a proud owner of roback pat finn was a brand ambassador without any benefits for roback for a long long time he got me hooked and here we are to put you on to something that's awesome but without further ado i'm gonna go ahead and turn this over to four still running david wilson
2: everybody, it is Thursday, August 11th. We're knocking on the door of football season. 22 days till toe meets leather in Norfolk, Virginia for the Hokies. Uh, We are back with another guest interview. Super, super, super special guest here today. Um, So we got, I'm looking at the Zoom. I'm looking at the Zoom. I see Grayson Wimbish up there on my top left. He's hanging out in Los Angeles. I see Billy Ray Mitchell down with the hokey uh, Lane Stadium background in my bottom left, calling in from Rhode Island. I'm Pat Finn, rocking the uh, the green striped rowback uh, polo here up in Charlotte, and then in the bottom right, in the home studio with the pillows on the ceiling and the big smile, we have former Virginia Tech star running back David Wilson. So before we talk to before we talk to David Wilson. I got to give you guys a quick intro here. David was a running back, kick or turn specialist, back flipper, and fan favorite in his time at Virginia Tech. He was also an incredible triple jumper, receiving All-America honors in 2011 on the Tech track and field team. David was drafted in the first round of the 2012 uh, NFL draft by the New York Giants and set a Giants team record for all-purpose yards in a single game when he accumulated 327 all-purpose yards in December 2012 over the New Orleans Saints. He had a kickoff return for a touchdown, two touchdowns on the ground, and he also became the first NFL player in NFL history with 200 kick return yards and 100 rushing yards in the same game. So, David Wilson, we're fired up to have you. Welcome to the
1: Sons of Saturday. How are you? I'm doing good. So David,
2: Probably hold
3: on. We
1: got it. We got it. We got to ask it. What What have you been up to? You You show up. I haven't heard. We haven't heard a lot from you <laughs> lately. Where Where are you? What do you do? What are you doing day to day? Give us the quick rundown on what David Wilson has been go uh, up to recently.
3: Man, I've been uh, retired from the New York Giants, so I've been having a lot of uh, time to really tap into my <laughs> other talents and other things that I am good at. Um. And just been growing in those aspects. And uh, also enjoying the time that I could look back and have those flashback moments of like, man, that was pretty cool. I, used to, I remember that, or I remember doing this, or achieving that goal. But yeah, also got three sons. So yeah, they keep busy. And then uh, <laughs> making music. So I now I record music. As you mentioned, I'm in my home studio. So for like podcasts and different uh, advertisements, music is in everything movies and video games uh try to find these placements have my music there also give uh some of my fans uh a chance to hear a different aspect of me versus the athletic version they hear the artistic side
1: well well david what we're going to do is we're going to run through everything and we're going to start right at the beginning with your virginia tech career i'm going to pass it over to grayson and let's uh, take a trip down memory lane and bring it all the way back to today
0: all the way back to the beginning, David, you were a product of George Washington High School in Danville, Virginia. You signed your letter of intent on February 4, 2009. A few months later, July 6, you enroll at Virginia Tech. On September 5th, you're suiting up against Nick Saban's Alabama Crimson Tide in the <laughs> Georgia Dome. What made you choose to call Blacksburg home? And did you realize at the time you would make an immediate impact
3: as a freshman? didn't realize that uh, when I was going through the recruiting process, I was really liking uh, the teams in the schools and the recruiting coaches that seemed like they, it was certain ones that just seemed like they were recruiting four and five stars. And it seemed like certain ones, they wanted this particular player at their school for a certain thing. And uh, I felt like the way Blacksburg and Virginia tech, I remember coach Steinspring was uh, recruiting me. Uh, we just had a genuine bond. Uh, and then meeting Coach Beamer, he was so humble versus the other coaches. Uh, even though he had more accolades or more, you know, uh, legacy already established, than some of these other coaches came across as humble and hardworking and uh, family-oriented. So that was how my home was. And I wanted to keep that same vibe. And that's what Black was.
2: David, uh, Coach Billy Hite, talk to me about Coach Height I mean, that guy, he was at Virginia Tech forever. He had so many backs go through the program who ended up making him an impact and playing in the NFL. And Coach Hite is a, uh, he's a classic guy, man. He was at Tech forever. He was a, a big time impact on Coach Beamer's program. What was it like playing for Coach Height? How did he help you develop uh, in the running back position?
3: Oh, man. If I if I had only met Coach Height just from initial recruiting visit or like, hey, he's the running back coach for Virginia Tech, I still would have remembered him. <laughs> he just had that kind of personality. and uh, But being able to play for him, have the opportunity to get to know him and establish a relationship, uh, he's a great guy. He really cares about his stallions. He called all of us stallions. <laughs> so uh, you know, the running back room, and I don't blame him. Uh, you look at the running backs he produced and the running backs that uh, you know, he he's given advice to and got it. Uh he definitely showed me a lot. Keep those legs running, no matter what. And he said, I'm your running back coach. I tell you where to get the ball, I don't tell you where to go after you got the ball. And uh, that was something I really liked, the freedom he would give the running back uh, and looking at football and running forms as an art. He would know that Darren Evans had a different running style than Brian Williams. And David Wilson had a different attack. than, And so on and so forth. And uh, he could uh, observe these things. And I felt like him and my dad had a lot of interesting conversations. And... uh, I feel like they, uh, my dad didn't know a lot about football and he would say that right off the gate. Like, I don't know nothing about football. I just know basically what David is doing (laughs) kind of thing. I I support that and watch that. And I'm learning more as I'm, as he's going, I'm learning more. And basically, uh, coach Height starts receiving advice from my dad (laughs) and and acknowledging like, that's a point. That is a good point. (laughs) And incorporating it into the scheme. Uh yeah, and we was having success and it uh kind of meshed all together. Uh his scheme was that we had uh three running backs, uh Darren, Ryan, me, and it, uh my freshman year was just me and Ryan. And uh he had the philosophy basically, if you got three Corvettes, he's like, he's like, how you how do you feel about Darren Evans? He was like, Oh man, he's good, he's big back. Hard running. How you feel about Ryan? Oh, man, his agility is crazy. He can make people miss it. How you feel about Dave? Oh, he's super fast and strong. He just gets to it. So you feel like they're all good, right? Because they all have something, right? And he was like, well, well, don't run one of them until they're tired. The other team can't keep up if you keep all of them fresh, (laughs) all of them attacking at the same time. He was noticing Ryan Williams was, like, getting really tired. But Coach Height was like, no, he get in the groove. He get in the flow. My dad was like, well, when David becomes the starter, you make sure it's somebody that comes in <laughs> when he's that tired. <laughs> so, David, you... know so that, that year we won the ACC championship. You you think about it. This was my freshman year. Did you think about when we won the ACC championship? That was, uh, We were dispersed in the ball with Darren, Ryan, and me. It was hard for teams to keep up with that.
1: David, you set me up perfectly for the next question, and... I think in my sports-watching career, you have those no-no-yes guys. I'm a Celtic fan. Marcus Smart is the ultimate no-no-yes guy. Steph Curry, one of the best basketball players ever, is the ultimate no-no-yes guy. You were the no-no-yes guy. First, nobody was the no, no, yes guy. You get the ball, okay, great. David Wilson just rushed for fifteen yards. Oh wait, why is he running backwards? Okay, now we're thirty <laughs> yards, <behind>. we're thirty <laughs> yards behind where we started. Oh, now he's going for forty more. So it's interesting to hear that Coach Height was giving you and encouraging you to run in the style that you ran, whether it's you know a gift that you had with your vision or or kind of just how you did it. Was there ever anything that discouraged you from doing that? Or do you think that Coach Height just really understood and trusted your ability to make it happen at the end of the day?
3: Yeah, that's what I was going to say with uh, finishing off with Coach Height with that story is that uh, it takes a lot to take advice or hear, even hear advice from anybody. But we all should do that because everybody has advice. That don't mean you use it, but that you should hear it. And it's a difference. But with that question, answering your question, I feel like um yeah, he encouraged that. He 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 allowed his running backs to grow. Yeah. So he 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 wanted us to go out there and learn from our mistakes what works and what don't work. Mostly in practice, game. not in the game. <laughs> not, 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 not in the game. <laughs> you should know what works by the time you get to the game. <laughs>
1: yep. He's seen it yeah, enough yeah, times yeah. in middle drill and seen it enough times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. um, you played from 2009 to 2011. You had 2,662 total rushing yards. You averaged 5.8 yards per carry, 23 touchdowns, five of which were receiving touchdowns, by the way. Uh, 2011 ACC. Offensive Player of the Year, and to top that off, you became an ACC champion. All those accolades aside, what are some of the proudest moments or lessons learned during your time at Blacksburg?
3: Georgia Tech. Kick return. gets you Georgia Tech. That a proud moment. We go in, I just remember Tyrod telling me, give me good field position. We're going to win this. And then I was like, I'm going to the crib. <laughs> 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 he was like all right then like kind of like all right whatever kind of thing but he knew we had to we he had it he we had been saying, we've been practicing together he knew mm-hmm. all right he might do it and then when i started going down the sideline everybody had their blocks and it was just it just seemed like it was just perfect and i just ran full speed but i remember that i remember running up castle coliseum on the arcs. I think
1: everybody remembers that.
0: That was an people think it's a myth.
3: People <laughs> think you didn't do that. You did that. It's no, real. I did. That. Yeah, yeah. It's the arcs. So, when Dixie in my neighborhood, I used to run up. They had a more a slant than an arc, but I used to run up there to the top of the building. So when they get the tech, the walk, the arcs are a little wider, I'm a little higher, but a little wider. And I'm like, oh, I can easily rub these. <laughs> <laughs> a straight And I'm only thinking that far. I'm not thinking about like, all right, until I'm doing it, I'm not thinking like, all right, you could fall. This is pretty high. Anything can happen. (laughs) There's no rebound after that. And, uh, but yeah, I just kept going. I got to the top and then coming down was the hardest part.
1: I assume so. How did you do it? Did you did you get on your butt or did how did you? I
3: can't. Yeah, yeah. Imagine. I, I faced so I faced down so I could run like with my momentum. I knew I could run down a hill if anything or slide backwards, like fall and slide down. <laughs> that would be safer than like facing backwards and just slide. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you what know, would have been safer, David, is not doing it the first time
1: or calling Coach Height to get a crane out to get your to get your ass off the top of Castle would have been the safest option of all
0: of them. For the record, it could be worse. There were those guys who biked down it. So, you know, that least, is true. At they, least David was safe, you know.
3: <laughs> oh man. These people ride bikes on there. now.
0: I do they're still alive, but there's a video
1: out there of someone riding the bike down and 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 the ground won. we could put it that way.
3: Yeah. Oh man. No doubt. <laughs> they, didn't pop, they didn't pop the wheelie at the end. <laughs>
1: no, no. I think I think the ground <laughs> popped him. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, I was safe. I was safe. No scratch. No harm to Castle or me. So it was fun.
0: David, in only three years, you accomplished what many can only dream of doing in four in Blacksburg. After that 2011 season, you're an ACC champion. When did you decide? Okay. I've done what I came here to do. Now it's time for the NFL.
3: I like how you worded that. <laughs> Man, I just knew uh the time of uh for my position, anything can happen on any given play. I really assessed that and I witnessed it. Uh got to witness it with uh unfortunately uh Darren Evans, great as he was, he was my teammate. Uh I saw how injuries took a toll on him. And he was only in college. And then uh, also with Ryan Williams, saw how injuries took a toll on him. And he was only in college. So I know any given play at that position, anything can happen that can change your stock. Uh, and at my point, I was, how, how, how much higher would I really want it or could have really get it versus the risk? And it just came down to Feeling like the time was right. Yep. Yeah.
1: David, we're going to talk a little bit about your NFL career. And as Pat said, 32nd overall pick by the Giants as they came off a Super Bowl victory, one of two that came uh in my childhood. You were second team all pro as a rookie. You were on the all-rookie team. What was it like to make it to the league that most people dream of? Um, you had that moment December 9th against the Saints that Pat was talking about. Just going from Virginia, going through Virginia Tech, un- unbelievably ima- unbelievable memories and work that went into that. Was there ever an aha moment, like an I made it moment, or how did you kind of view your entrance into the NFL?
3: Yeah, I just, take the, I just took it one step at a time, one goal at a time. I, I set a big goal and put it before myself at a young age that I wanted to play in the NFL, and it seemed so far away but I was still motivated and excited and running towards this goal. So, man, I just started setting smaller goals that I could achieve quicker in between that would catapult me or equal up to. Like I used to write my goals down and hang them in my locker. And then my teammates will see it and my coaches to see it. And then everybody can know what you're trying to achieve. But at the same time, once you've seen it that many times, and you you can feel like you could make it possible. So you set these small goals. And people used to see the goals like, man, you know, if you do this, you probably, like, be the best player in the league. <laughs> like, and I'm like, yeah, that's probably what, what it'll be like. <laughs> so I just set those kind of goals and then achieve them. And me imagine how, like, how uh, rewarding that feels after you've done all the hard work. And, uh. Yeah, it seems like, like you have
1: yeah. approached your career and everything that you do. It's very easy, especially in the world of social media and and kind of the way that everything is with sports journalism. Is it is 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 this player better than that player? Am I doing better than this person? Am I more productive than this person? It seems like you were just focused at the end of the day on David Wilson is going to do this and everything else is going to follow. Would you say that that's kind of the way that you approached everything? You weren't concerned with anything going on outside of your team and your your
3: own production? Yeah, yeah. So my my grandma, my grandma Hazel, she's my mom's mom. And uh, she's black, but she's a fair-skinned lady. She's so fair that I thought she was white when I was little. I was like, grandma, are you white? (laughs) She was like, no. (laughs) But she 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 had this classy way about her, and she would carry herself as such. And teaching us these things and these lessons, and one thing she used to say is, "You know what? They're gonna run their mouth, but I'm gonna run my business." And I kind of do it like that.
1: That sounds like a t- something a quote we need to put on a t shirt. So we'll be, we'll be <laughs> in touch with you on the uh, "You run your mouth, and I'm gonna run my business." Um, yeah, yeah. This is my next question, and this is um, it's an important one for me. I'm excited. I'm excited to hear your uh, your insight to this. So. You lost the you. You had the game ripped away from you due to spinal stenosis. For those of you that are not familiar, uh, David Wright had the same injury. Um, it's a it's a neck injury, and basically, you were told that you no longer could play football. Now, I actually, to a lesser degree, uh, playing at Virginia Tech, I I had the game taken away from me my junior year. I had three herniated discs in my back, and you go from this is my life, this is my identity, this is everything that I do. And I look back at what I learned from football and it was be on time, be respectful, work hard. You always had something that you were working towards. And I really struggled with being able to remove myself from a team environment where everybody was pushing to be a champion. Everybody was pushing to get in the starting lineup. Everybody was pushing to carry, pull everybody up. So I wanted to ask you, when you look back at your football career What were some of the things, how did football mold you and how did football make you into the man that you are today? And how did you handle and make sure that you saw continued success when something that's been a part of your life ever since you were eight, nine years old was no longer a possibility
3: for you? Yeah, a lot of those concepts that you mentioned, since we went to the same school we I feel a lot of those same things. But in the the same sense, I uh, also realized like, When you're in that environment, uh, it's everywhere. Uh, You just have to align yourself with it. Uh, Because what we was doing at Virginia Tech is uh, everybody's working together for a common goal in a positive way. So it's like kind of teamwork, make the dream work on one accord type thing. (laughs) In the workforce, like even if you work at McDonald's or something, like if you get if you create that like environment like when you were having a locker room or a team environment of like let's get on one accord, the and let's really have this chemistry and bond, it'll naturally happen and you have success. Uh just like with y'all podcast, y'all probably have a particular locker room type vibe, like stuff I'm on here right now. It's game time. But I would never know what happens in y'all locker room or the conversations y'all have and like the energy that keeps this whole thing flowing. So you apply those concepts and a lot of people, sometimes they haven't seen it or experienced it, but the people who have, they can show it. And that's when leadership or like for certain things and and leadership for this, uh, each one teach one. So everybody can learn something from everybody.
1: I think uh, the biggest lesson, and, and you basically said the same thing, uh, the way my dad always put it was whenever football is over, if you approach whatever you do, whether it's sales, whether it's a podcast, whether it's anything, if you approach it with the same love, effort, and tenacity and commitment that you approached, hitting the weight room at Friday, hitting the weight room for football, hitting middle drill, hitting whatever – There's no limit to how successful you can be because you know what your own limits are. Now, if you knew what pushing yourself physically looked like, you understand what that's going to look like pushing yourself mentally, that you understand what that's going to look like pushing yourself, getting a single out for you or running track, whatever. It's all, it's all very uh, transferable.
3: Yep. That's what I like about football. (laughs)
1: Applies to every aspect of your life.
3: I think it traumatizes us into realizing that though. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is true. That is true. That is Think true. about the training camps and the tour days and uh, all <laughs> that like
2: yeah. hard work. All right, so um segueing into track, you know, we know that track also played a big part of your life. Um what led you to track uh, in your youth and then what led you to continue it at Virginia Tech? And what were some of the goals that you set for, uh for yourself? Uh, when you were approaching track,
3: yeah. So I, I wanted to um, really run track because I wanted to be the fastest. I wanted to show, prove that I was the fast kind of thing. Football season come to an end. I go to the basketball coach and I'm like, Are "You the track coach?" And he's like, "No, I can show you the track coach. You should play basketball though. <laughs> Get an indoor track. I love it." Finding out that I'm not the fastest, I had to work harder. So I used track to stay uh, in shape for football. So when I came back to football, I was the fastest. Because I was running with all these, like, fast track guys the whole, all off season, And uh re- rubbed off. Start rubbing off.
1: So here we go. We're going to talk a little bit about music. You want, if you're on Spotify, we're going to go ahead and link this in the article. David E. Wilson. I got to ask you, when did your love for music has that always been a part of your life is it something that some somebody introduced you to what started your love for music and your want to be in that space
3: yeah if anybody ever rode in the car with me or shared a dorm or was next to me in an apartment they were like yeah he's blasting music <laughs> in the locker room before the games it was always a part of what I what I do it kind of keep me going I think music is in everything it makes it a little bit better like I was mentioning before, m- movies, some of the favorite movie scenes got epic songs or epic sounds, toys you play with, kids play with, they need sounds recorded in there. cell phones and devices and machines need sounds, uh, elevator music, grocery store music, <laughs> all kinds of stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's basically a part of everything. I think it makes it a little bit better. And that's what led me to it. Felt like it was an expressive outlet. That I could uh, show my diversity in different levels of that I love.
1: Who are some of the most influential figures from music that have impacted impacted your music or your view of it? Uh, Doesn't have to be an artist; could be an elevator that you were riding up uh, in New York <laughs> City. I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where you would uh, where where else you'd have been impacted. But what are some of the sounds that you like and you jive with, or, or may help get your creative juices flowing?
3: Yeah, the first time I ever put headphones on, I was uh, five years old. And I put on a Walkman, and it was Michael Jackson. And it was uh, Billie Jean. So the intro, it just got me. And then it sounded like he was having so much fun, singing about something that wasn't so fun. And I remember that resonated with me. So from there, I was a Michael Jackson fan. Kanye West, Pharrell Williams. Really like look at them as uh, an outside the box. Like it's hard to categorize them. Uh, I feel like I'm a man of many talents. Don't really want to be kind of categorized. Even though you got to be categorized in <laughs> some form of fashion and do something. So, uh, yeah, I just like creative artists. It's a lot of creative artists that I like, but those are some of them. So as an artist and a producer,
0: what kind of helps fuel your creative energy? Do you have, are you like superstitious at all? Are there any like, I guess, pre-producing routines that you kind of, you find yourselves in? Where do you draw inspiration from? Just my everyday
3: life. So sometimes I'm experiencing something good or bad. And I'm like, I can write, or I can go make a beat and I can get it out. So sometimes I make a beat with one feeling and I can remember the moment. I play all my beats and play all my music. I can remember making it and remember it. Like you can show me a picture of me playing on on the field and I can remember so much about that from the picture because it it was like I was there kind of like seeing it too, like kind of witnessing it too. And I'll put the lyrics on it and it'll sound like a whole different thing because it's two different time periods coming together. So thematically, I guess, what kind of like mood
0: and emotions do you try and draw from the music that you produce? Is there one kind of genre or niche that you would say you fit into? Or are you all over the place? Yeah.
3: Yeah, So at one point I was, uh, writing, and I was sounding like real inspired. I was noticed, I was sounding real inspired, and I noticed I was sounding sad. And it was becoming easy, so easy for me to make something sad. So then I started like thinking about why is that happening? <laughs> so then I uh I was like, I know what. Mr. Pitiful, have you ever heard of Otis Redding? Yes. He 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 got a song where he talks about he made his living off being so pitiful and uh sad. But the songs be hot. <laughs> and sometimes uh sometimes vulnerability uh you know is real for people and they can resonate with it. Uh, that's what some I wanted, something that that was genuine for me, and that's how I be feeling sometimes sad experience some something i'm dramatic though so it's not like i'm like going <laughs> through anything like, yeah, overly but it's like yeah you get sad sometimes and you'd be like you know what would cheer me up I can make a song about it and get over and, it yeah
0: and yeah that's, yeah. that's kind of like your first anytime you go through something like that it's like okay i'm i'm gonna go make a song about this like that's that's it yeah you, yeah, go, to the, yeah. you go
3: to the studio and that's what you do yeah yeah but sometimes sometimes if i'm a Sometimes it's it's good stuff or inspiration and uh, it's different genres. So like anytime I'm feeling any too much of one feeling, I'm feeling too much of one feeling. Yeah, yeah. I can I can go in the studio and do something. See, that's different from
1: everybody else. When I'm feeling sad, I might throw on some Adele. I might throw on some some (laughs) music, but you just go ahead and you make it yourself
0: yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> david's not listening to music when he's sad he's like i'm gonna go make music <laughs> oh
1: man um that's awesome so david here's what we're gonna do we got our next segment here is rapid fire um i'm gonna be honest you don't seem like a rapid fire kind of guy so you are free to expand on any of these questions as uh, as long as you'd like so uh we'll kick it off right here with uh if you could own any vehicle from any year, I know you're a big car guy. What car would uh would that be? I own it.
3: Okay. It's, a 19, what? it's a 1971 K5 Blazer.
2: Google search.
0: <laughs> looking yeah, yeah, this and yeah. looking What's this up? up right now. 1971.
1: <laughs>
2: when did you yeah,
0: yeah.
1: when did you come into uh come into possession of
3: this blazer? uh about a year ago
1: okay has it been a long search Have you've been searching for it for a while how did ha, what when did this uh obsession with this specific vehicle start
3: it started a long time ago but i actually like physically started looking for it because it was two cars it was the bronco and it was the blazer
1: okay
3: i was liking both of those but not the new one like the
0: old classic
3: like that. uh, people that's another thing be, if you if you like youtube david wilson's car hmm. You'll, you'll see the like uh, Thunderbird. Mm-hmm. Nice I had a 1970 Thunderbird at Virginia Tech. So I really like classic cars. I got a 1951 style line. It's a Chevrolet. And I also got a uh, 1987 Chevy R10. Big Chevy guy. Sport. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I rode with the Blazer, because I was looking at it and I was like, man, they made the new Bronco look like a college girl car. <laughs> unless you put like a, like unless you put like a lot of kits on it and stuff, <laughs> unless you put like a lot of kids a lift like this, all that on it, it kind of looks like a car off the lot. Uh-huh. And it's only a V four and a V six. Did you know that? Um, I know, it only comes in a V six. That's the biggest you get.
1: I didn't know that, but I do know that you just uh, you asked any chance of a uh, of a Ford uh, Ford sponsorship with the Sons of Saturday, but that's okay because you're right. I'm not am <laughs> yeah. <I'm> not really <laughs> I um, either. Um, do, you, do you still have the, uh, Do you
2: still have the Thunderbird?
3: I recently got rid of it. I sold it. Yeah, somebody wanted to buy it, so I sold it to him. Uh, I also get into classic cars because they appreciate versus depreciate. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so that blazer, I got it right tight. This, this is up there.
0: <laughs> Summer, summertime car. There you go. Summertime yeah, yeah. Car. The whole yeah, the whole
3: top come off like a convertible truck.
1: If you could have, I'm this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna combine these two. If you could have dinner with anybody in history, dead or alive, and you could go into the studio with anybody, dead or alive, and produce a track, who would that be?
3: Uh, oh man, <laughs> dead or alive. Trying to think. God. Both times. <laughs> I'll go to eat with him. <laughs> and I'll make a track with him.
1: <laughs> I wanted to ask you about that and I didn't know if it would fit in. Can you just can you just give us a little insight into what where where your faith because you're you're a faithful guy? You wear it on you wear it on your sleeve. It's a big part of who you are. Where did that come from? Where where was uh
3: faith instilled in you and what does it mean to you today? Yeah, I feel like you gotta like uh, you know just embrace life. Uh nobody nobody has the same purpose, journey, or or, or even goals for their self. So it's uh very diverse. But somehow it's uh one thing that's all in common is love. I feel like we all have that in common, all things. Can feel that and all things can respond to it and give it. Uh, even from an infant baby toddler, they can feel positive and negative energy. This is good, this is bad, or I feel good about this, or I maybe I shouldn't have kind of thing. And just stay aware of that, hold yourself accountable and continue to like love yourself first so you can give proper love to the world on that accord.
1: was the most impactful coach? That you had in your time with the Hokies and the time with the, the Giants.
0: All of
3: them. Okay. Those two amazing coaching staff that I was able to play with. Uh Coach Beamer and the guys he had. Remember Shane Beamer came in for Coach Height? He was even great. <laughs> it's like, oh, it makes sense because your dad's a good coach. Because why wouldn't you be a good coach? Uh and then also uh with the Giants. Same way. I remember all my coaches, even like defensive coaches on the defensive side of the ball. Hey, Dave, let me tell you something. That's what defense is looking for (laughs) kind of thing. So, uh, man, I had a lot of great coaches. What about
1: your most impactful teammate that you had with the Giants and uh, Tech? Now, I'm going to say every player and coach has been impactful on you. But if you (laughs) had to pick one...
3: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i'll say uh i'll say if you just look look at my life now so like tyrod taylor we still keep in contact and we still talk a lot i just was up at giant giants uh fan fest you know he gave my son an autographed football and made my son's day and uh with the giants i'll say reuben randall okay Reuben Randall, that's a throwback. Yeah, he played at LSU. Yeah, you guys were drafted um, same same year, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's my road dog. Yeah, well, I was just talking to him yesterday on the phone. Missed a uh, phone call. <laughs> he called me at like three o'clock in the morning. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah, it's that like we're just that tight. Like it don't even matter.
1: What is it? I'm fired up for this one, David. Um, I know you only had a year. But I feel like this guy is a walking uh a walking story. So I need to hear your best
3: Eli Manning story. Best Eli Manning story. Um the one on the tail. He was uh it was at practice, rookies get in. Oh man, chopping it up, chopping it up. First day of practice. Cause when you as the rookies, you get there. You don't really see the team. I ain't know that. I wasn't aware of that until I experienced it. Uh You get there and you're like, well, all the players, like, it's just, I don't know none of these guys. This the real Giants. Like, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. they like, yeah, these just some, like, stand-ins or, like, kind of practice squad. Give you rookies a good look through rookie camp or whatever kind of thing. Some of those guys end up making a team because it's an opportunity for them to, to get some film with the team, whatever. But uh basically, we get out there. And uh Eli's there at this practice. He comes up to me, he's talking to me. Yeah, man, something 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 something. And I'm like, oh man, it's cool. Finally, like a like a like this feel like a bonded thing, like I'm ready to have a cool quarterback relationship, running back relationship, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, man. My my wisdom teeth been really bothering me. That's what he told me. Okay. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, I ain't had no experience with wisdom teeth. Luckily. He was like, you sure? Like, because I want to get it before the season. I don't have to, like, worry about it during the season if it's bothering me. How do yours look? Because you don't never have problems. And I was like, "Nah." He was like, can I see? All that?" And he was, he was like, it's like, I can't see. Like, open the water. And I saw him, like, trying to, like, he had some dirt and grass in his hand. Like real quick, ready to throw it in there, and I like bagged up. I was like, "Man, get out of here! Something, something, something." Kind of tell him off and catch him in the college bluff, right? I watch him do this to three other rookies <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and succeed. <laughs> to the point, to the point, he goes to the fourth. He goes to the fourth rookie, and I'm like, "Yo, yo, 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 yo! Don't show him your teeth." yeah maybe y'all can use that one somewhere y'all be in an environment (laughs) where we can flick some grass (laughs) what about a
1: uh did you have any weird uh or not weird did you have any peculiar i feel like you did
0: any peculiar 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 good try man did
3: you have any peculiar Pre-game hey, hey we gotta represent this hokey education now. No, 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 that's
1: it. That is a huge oh, impediment. That is, an, <laughs> that is an impediment.
3: There we go. Oh, wow.
1: I'm trying to use SAT words, I'm getting all tricked up. Yeah. Do you have any peculiar pre game routines? Any peculiar recording routines? I'm gonna stop saying it. No more, no more. Yeah,
3: <laughs> you got any it.
1: odd <laughs> routines or like little rituals that you would do?
3: Uh. Yeah, I had these, like, uh, certain drills. It's like a – one of them looked like a kind of Elvis Presley thing I used to do to loosen my ankles up for the game. I remember one time Ryan Williams just watched me do it, and he was like, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> and then I ran in a circle. Like, I do this thing where I run in a big circle, and the circle slowly gets smaller. No, a smaller circle, and it gets – I do it vice versa, either way. You don't get this do both. Bigger and smaller. Full speed kind of, if you see how small the circle gets, he's like, he's still going like <laughs> full speed. It's like a cinnamon roll. roll. Yeah. So the reason I do those two drills one, the first one was to get my ankles loose, make sure I don't get any like injury, uh, people grabbing my legs and stuff, want to have it loose. Hmm. The second one is getting familiar with the turf and the terrain and what's possible on this particular field uh, where I will run in those circles I will I'll be able to uh feel my G forces. So when I get into the game, I know how I'll rate it calibrated on this turf.
1: Do you have anything specific to music that you do? Are you drinking any specific tea? Um, what what is your pre-music routine?
3: Hennessy. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> 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 no, <Edison. laughs> <Yes. laughs> <laughs> nah, like I like getting a good vibe. Uh, sometimes I like candles and uh, like the lights here, comfortable environment, somewhere where I feel safe. Uh, that was part of the reason why I built my uh, studio in my home, was where you feel more safe than in your home. Uh, that explains the pillows like it's so comforting, right? Look at this, look at this. In the ceiling. It's is, that a teddy- a
0: teddy- is that a teddy bear?
3: Yeah, wearing a crown in the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big bear. So, yeah, what's safer than that, right? So, I get in here and I set this vibe and I can really t- uh, tap into what I'm really feeling. Not influences from anything else. Uh, That's why I don't sample, I know how to sample, but I uh, stay away from sampling the music and using older songs to make a new song. There's nothing wrong with that. But for me, I really want to give a raw uh, interpretation of that moment I was feeling. And then that moment will last forever once it's recorded. And that's what I feel like is special about the music. So I I do go into it knowing that potentially this will be here forever in some form or fashion.
2: So, David, we're going to talk about some uh, rapid-fire Blacksburg edition. What was your favorite place to eat
3: in Blacksburg? Oh, man, so many places. I got to name a few at least. Go for it. Bull and Bones. Classic. McAdoo's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Top of the Stairs.
1: Yes. Okay, eating it, to- eating it, tots. Okay, <laughs> yeah. there we go.
2: Is it easier to catch a rabbit or a squirrel?
3: Squirrels. It's easy. Can I even Can though I I've caught, even though I caught both. It's easier to catch squirrels.
1: Are you trying to catch any other animals? Are there any other animals on the on the
3: on the list? Uh, if I call snakes, lizards, uh, birds, hawks, you caught a hawk, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did you do that? I caught, I caught a white, I caught a white, I don't know if it was a dove or a pigeon, I couldn't analyze, but it was all white. I remember that. That was more to. like I was holding the wings and it was flapping like this. I had to let it go.
2: We need, <laughs> to, uh, hawk. We, need, we need a TV show on this, we the people need to see this. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> i need the cameras all you got to do is follow around with a camera
1: <laughs> david we could do a day in the life of david wilson i think it would be one of the more entertaining one of the more entertaining days of the life that we could probably come up with
3: <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, yeah. uh yeah dogs cats oh uh, man turtles
1: Pearls, you know that sounds easy. That sounds
3: yeah. A come easy. on, I mean, yeah.
1: <laughs> Sprinkle that <laughs> on top. Like any any yeah. fish? Have you gone aquatic
3: yet? Yep, caught fish. I caught with fish your with hands. My bare hand. Yeah, with my
1: hands. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have thought of anything less. Uh, they
3: have. Oh, uh, I didn't. I didn't think the fins were spike. Some fins got like spikes. Mm-hmm. To be careful. careful. Yeah, a fish. Yeah, like it's like like oh, this sting right? <laughs> 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 didn't know that, but I found that out. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know the species or anything. I was just like, I can grab it.
2: (laughs) Favorite memory from Virginia Tech? Football or non-football, it could be anything.
3: Just a warm embrace of when I uh, was saying I'm going to go on and live my dream and go to the NFL. You know, it could have been like, oh, F you, man, you leaving us. You leaving us hanging. You going to go where? You going to go somewhere else kind of thing, because that's actually what's happening. Like, mm-hmm. no, you have, you're supposed to be here, but you're leaving. It. But it was kind of warm, and everybody wished me well and was, continued to support me like that. It showed the family. That's how my family felt about it. So they that showed that they was family, too.
1: What about something non-football related? I always talk about, I'm not sure if you guys had it back in the day, um, not to age you. I know, yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but we went to Hokie Club, oh, uh, Hokie, horrible, Hokie horrible. Camp. I'm sorry. Um, you know, nights at DX or certain parties you went to. Is there anything like oh, off yeah. of the football field, not football related, that really stands out to you in your career at Blacksburg? Oh,
3: man, I feel like DX was uh, in West End and those places like that was like uh it was football related because that's how i had the swipes yep. <laughs> yeah what I wasn't what did without the football
0: <laughs> what dining hall did you uh
3: frequent most during your time at virginia tech oh it had to be the slushies at west end and uh, uh the rib sandwich the uh mm. steak sandwich like steak oh. rib sandwich so then west i Sand. don't know if they still got it but yeah west end
0: did you live in Cochrane Hall? Cochrane, yeah. That makes sense. All the, all the yeah, student athletes yeah. say that. They all say West End because uh, right there. Late,
3: late night, late night DX. Yeah, chicken strips.
2: Uh have you taught your sons how to
3: backflip? They flipping, they're doing handstand headstands and handstands push-ups. The flip, the backflip, they can they need assistance right now. Yeah. So they uh my oldest one is five. So yeah, they're getting it. They're getting it. They're getting it. They're close. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Are you still backflipping? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get it. You gotta you gotta find out if you catch a day in the life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Couple more rapid fire here, Dave, before we get into letters from the lunch pail. Real quick, what did Jared Boykin say to you after you came out of nowhere and swiped that touchdown pass in the 2011 Orange Bowl? Because you saw his like reaction. He's like, Oh, dude, that oh, was man. mine.
3: That was that. that's epic. That play is epic forever, right? It was Especially pretty epic. Because I'm celebrating with everybody else, right? And Jared Boykin is like, Yo, you took my touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is odd energy based off what just happened. I scored a touchdown. Everybody else was like, hell, yeah, Daniel, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like, "Man, you took my touchdown. <laughs> and I so was funny. like, what is he talking about? Why is he saying that? It's like, like, is he starting to be a hater? <laughs> That's what, I, I haven't seen the film. I haven't seen the highlight or anything. So I look at the Jumbotron. And I see him like just standing there so perfect, like right here, like throw me the ball. Like and I dive across <laughs> <laughs> and I just take it past. So uh Tyrod when he goes to uh camps and the play got a lot of press or whatever. When he goes to uh the combine and these uh coaches and meeting with them, they're like, Hey, we saw you throwing the ball. That was a really athletic play, man, for your awareness to be that high and knowing the sideline and Every, everything to remember to play and find the scramble drill. Who was you throwing the ball to? <laughs> 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 he said, I was throwing it to David. <laughs> of course. <laughs> premeditated. Oh, <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> exactly how y'all drew it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was like. <laughs> yeah, so he like, yeah, I was throwing it to David. He was like, I want him to tell him I was throwing it to Jared because you caught it. That's basically equivalent to an interception. <laughs> so he was like, nah, I told him I was throwing it to you. But he was like, yeah, that uh he's like, they was asking a lot about me after that play. Uh so he was telling me to just keep doing what I'm doing. And you you'll be next up. New York City is a place
0: with some of the best food on earth. During your time up that way, what was what was your
3: go-to spot? Oh man, I had a lot of people showing love with the food. So to have a go-to spot, it was like I can come here and get food. I can come there and get food. I can go here and get food because a lot of people's like Giants fans and they just want you to be fed. So uh, yeah, a lot of Italian mafia vibes. Hey, come come get this plate, man. <laughs> <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> pizza pizza <laughs> uh, Yeah, the pizza delivery guy is not the same guy no. <laughs> in New York <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> David I gotta ask you so I'm, as a Jersey guy I mean look I got, I'm sure I'm getting a lot of eye rolls when people driving their cars right now and stuff but look I'm a Jersey guy I feel like Jersey gets a bad rap you came to New Jersey to play for the New York Giants I want to get the David Wilson report card on the state of New Jersey. We get a bad rap, the Jersey Shore. Everybody thinks it's everybody on the Jersey Shore. Fist pumping and, you know, hair gel and everything else. So I want your honest opinion. I want your honest opinion on the state right. of
3: New Jersey. Jersey Shore is Jersey Shore. like It is. I've yes. like, yeah, it is the fist pumping in, the, uh, in right. Atlantic City. Yeah, there's all those vibes right there. But – uh it's very diverse. New Jersey is way more diverse than people think. Mm-hmm. Uh you have a lot of uh trees. We do have a lot of trees. Jersey, yeah, you go to you drive through New Jersey in certain parts. Paramus is a certain parts right there. Yep. Up a little bit north of there, you get like yeah. I mean west or whatever. Mm-hmm. Get into the trees. And uh yeah, but and then it's so accessible to New York. It's like right there then they got a nice airport you can fly in Newark the train station and i feel like the uh people there are almost like new york but they got a it's a difference in the sense of they they feel like they made they feel like new uh they feel like New Jersey feel like New York is living off New Jersey and New Jersey, New York feel like vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yes. So it's like, like, what are you doing over here? Across the tunnel, it's like, what are you doing over here with the like what are you doing? Get back on the other side of the tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> Go back across the George Washington Bridge. <laughs> A little turf board. Unless, uh, unless, unless, unless you play for the Giants. And then it's like, all right. All right, right. All right he's cool. Yeah, he's cool. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Um <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> so letters from the lunch pail. You we've we've gone off on some tangents here and you got most of them answered, but uh I'm excited about this one. So Grant Watson asked, uh, can you describe the emotions you had you had giving that pregame speech in the 2009 USA football game? And I want to add as an aside, I see wrapped around your hand, you have a United States of America bandana. Um yeah, yeah. and it's a little tumultuous, it's a little tumultuous there are people that don't like other people everybody's arguing it seems like everything's in upheaval so i just want to learn a little bit more about that moment in 2009 and what do you think is going to bring
3: this country back together uh in 2009 when i was playing for the uh, team usa and being able to be uh called captain America mm-hmm. it made me the captain of the team and uh i would lead us out there with a speech and normally it was uh something motivating and lead us lead led us to scoring a lot of points and a victory, uh, along with everybody else's effort. And, uh, you know, getting to the point where we were all ready, we was at Walsh University and all these countries, it was seven countries <clears throat> brought there and we would stay in this campus. Uh, so Canada had this dorm and there was a couple like they spaced it up. Then Mexico would be in this dorm. Japan was right here Germany. New Zealand, France, a uh, couple other teams. We all there, and we're kind of like learning about each other's culture, and it's going respectful, and it's like, oh man, that's cool. We having conversations, like they set it up where we can mingle. Like maybe, you know, you never know where people end up. Maybe you play for TSA, but now you live in Germany, and you met this guy from Germany when you was at this football game, and now. You got this opportunity, or you got this friend, or you got this guy you've been kind of keeping up with. Y'all got this common ground of like, man, yeah, we that was fun. We played against each other. Then blank, 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 building relationships, kind of networking. But we're Canada. They was winning. They was winning. I I would say we was the best teams there, but the United States team was like by the, by far uh, on statistically showing like proving that we were like more talented. At American football. Uh when we played them, they incorporated some of the Canada football leagues to make it more balanced. So we had to learn like a little, couple new rules. I don't remember them. But they did a couple adjustments. <clears throat> so it was more balanced. But basically we was playing them and uh right before we got to the game, they had been winning, but they was beating teams like 21 to 6. Uh, I think their best score was like Forty to fourteen or something, they'd be the team. We was beating, we beat, we were beating teams like seventy-eight to zero. Uh, so, other teams was winning and losing. The, we were the only two undefeated teams so far, and they felt a little bit more, uh, I guess, entitled to. And then they start going that way. So they start saying that like, "This is our country." Y'all don't know how to really even play this football. We're going to show y'all how to play football, playing, playing, playing in the dining halls. So it's already building up this kind of like, oh, this is a little disrespectful (laughs) to our country. So I'm feeling that. So then uh, we get on the field and we're doing the warm-ups. And if you played football before, you know how like warm-ups is like certain players or certain people got that mentality to taunt or get a little bit more rowdy, start bouncing around. They're doing this. And they're kind of saying these things like uh uh screaming these things like this is our this our, yeah, we're finna show y'all this how I feel, this how I feel. And for the first time, we wearing away jerseys. I guess because they wanted to just show all the uniforms. But this is the uh we wearing away jerseys and we were in the weight locker room. So it wasn't just for, I didn't feel like it was just for the uniform, like to show a uniform. It was like you put us in the weight locker room. <laughs> They out there saying like this is theirs, like what's going on? Like y'all not hearing this. Am I the only one hearing this? <laughs> so I get, get a little little steamy about that. And we we end up beating them, uh I think it was like 48 to 3, Damn. 42 to 3, something like that. <laughs> After that speech. Yeah, the speech still on YouTube is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But that 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 was unexpected. I didn't expect that it was gonna go there. I normally kept it cool. I normally kept it cool. Like, uh, what are we going to do? Fight. Like, go hard. Go find something, something. We stay focused. So just a regular speech, right? <clears throat> this game was just feeling a little bit more. So, yeah, I do uh, respect uh, the land that I live on. Uh, if I didn't, it's a whole world. Why would you be living on this land if you have a problem with it? <laughs> like that. Uh, but I feel like everywhere has problems. Kind of like uh, bringing in where I live and the way things are uh, progressing in the sense of people want to help and want to work together and you just got to its good and bad and everything, but don't ignore the good.
1: Last question for you, Virginia tech relationship. We got to get you back to Blacksburg, Blacksburg, Mrs. David Wilson. Yeah. And so how do we get you out of this pillow covered room i know a lot of awesome stuff goes down in the pillow covered room but we need to get you in your car and you need to get to blacksburg so i just i'm curious about what's your relationship like with virginia tech do you have plans to go back when can you go we we need to get you back david it, it, we miss you yeah, yeah. um how, how do we make this happen
3: yeah i' don't think it's an excuse for this year i missed uh but when COVID happened missed it then, I, like I said, I've been popping out kids. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was taking up my time, but, uh, you know, that's well-spent time. And uh, I've been able to get up there back and forth since leaving uh, pretty often until, like, COVID hit. And now it's back, seems like it's everybody getting back adjusted. And we can get the same jumping again. Yeah, yeah, I'm always Hokie Nation.
1: So, uh, now nah, I, I got I
3: to call you. I I'm, just, I'm just nervous how, how different it is because it's uh different coaches and different everything, mm-hmm. right? So I same be same at Hokie. Same Hokie. It's, yeah, at the end of the day,
1: it's, yeah, all the, it's all the same thing, man. You
3: love you love so it? I went, I, went the, I went to the Georgia Tech game when they played uh, down here because, like okay. I said, it was easier to get there Yeah. Uh, based off everything that was going on. But, yeah, so I was able to uh, support the Hokies last year too. Okay. Okay.
1: So do you have, I got to ask again, do you have plans to get back anytime
3: soon? Oh yeah. I'm looking at, I'm ready to look at the schedule. am ready to check out this. Uh, I'm going catch the first two games and see what, what I'm liking. Okay. And then I might be up there all the time.
1: Okay. Well, we got an event going on, uh, that, uh, that Boston college game. We got some other stuff going on. So if you're in town... Uh, we'd love to see some backflips and and uh,
3: and see what's going on. So hey, anybody watching this, you got something going on in Blacksburg. I love Blacksburg, so hit your boy up. I'll pull up. <laughs> Let's <laughs> make it worth it. Let's make it worth it. <laughs>
1: oh, we will. We absolutely yeah, will. Um, before we sign off, David, I got to say, first and foremost, congratulations on everything. Congratulations on being a father. Congratulations on the music. Congratulations on everything else. Second of all, this has been one of the most fun. And off the rails in a good way episode that we have maybe ever recorded. So I appreciate you hey, taking man. us there. We started, we started with a trumpet. Uh, we talked about catching <laughs> the with your hand. Um, we talked about running up dangerous edifices multiple times. And uh, we've come to the end. So I wanted to give you this opportunity. If you have any message for anybody listening from Virginia Tech, from the New York Giants, from anywhere else. Where can we find your music? What can we expect from you moving forward? And just a departing message from you. You can take it however you'd like. I have no idea where you're gonna go with it, but it is, it is. It is.
3: <laughs> yeah, basically man, I, to find my music, I'm always on Twitter. I'm always on Instagram and I'm like tweeting my links. So don't be scared to click on the link, but mm-hmm. uh, it works, it'll take you to the right place. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then if you uh, wanna type in on whatever platform I'm missing the music on, I have something on there. Is just type in David E Wilson. You have the E on there. If you try to like type in just my name and football stuff, it just pop up. Uh, but maybe even that'll lead you to something with my music. So uh, currently, I've been strategically trying to release in the past and try to come up with this way. But uh, man, I got a lot of genuine people that listen to my music and have genuine uh, feelings when they hear it and they touch them in certain ways. And they DM me and tell me this kind of thing or you know, message me. And uh, I don't want to hold that up any longer. Um, also, we're performing and stuff. I'm ready to pick up on that. So I just want to keep releasing my stuff like a kid and just keep dropping it, keep dropping it, keep dropping it. And it'll be there to find when the time is right.
1: So I'll tell you what, David Wilson, what we're going to do is we're going to set up some event. We're going to get you. We're, we're going to get you. If, if we get an event going and we get people to show up, will you perform an event at the event? people want to hear it? Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. Let's go.
1: Okay. I'm going to shake your hand over Zoom. Can I get a, can I get a handshake? (laughs) Bang, bang. All right. There it is. Virtual handshake from a thousand miles away. David Wilson, (laughs) really appreciate the time. Thank you so much. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in Blacksburg soon.
3: For sure. I appreciate y'all. It's time to wander,
4: tripping in the sand We smoke out windows, drink till we can't stand But I saw you dance like you want to in my head And all that she said is Oh, I just what you're thinking Please don't blow this